Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. This is the second part of our Euro Preview Special. We're going to be going through groups D, E, and F. I'm Kevin DeVries. This is Rob Langevin. Hi. How's it going, people? Yeah, That's how is it going, people? Today. Let us know. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. No, not you. I'm the good. people. The listeners. Whatever. Uh, let's, right? well, let's, well, let's stand here and wait for a response. All right, cool. And we're done. So thanks for stopping by, everyone, for the podcast. <laughs> I thought we were going to commit to the silence, but I guess not. We're just going to keep rolling well, on. Well, what, what they had to do there was just pause it for 45 minutes. Oh, and let us know. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, and hopefully you, scene. <laughs> hopefully you guys feel cathartic, which uh, is real word sound. Um, so now we're super going to move on. Um, not loads of news. We had some... More friendlies today. Obviously, Lukaku scored again, which we'll talk about later because it's just the bane of my existence. Any kind of updates you, you want to mention? Uh, you, you know, the, the game with Russia today, Zuba scored for Russia. Uh, you know, Turkey defeated whoever they were playing. I forgot. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, the game the games are interesting. I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch many. I was watching some of the uh, African Cup of Nations qualifying stuff and I was watching. Uh, who was I? I was texting you the day. I was watching. Oh, I was watching oh, Ivory Coast versus oh, uh, Gabon. Yeah. G- Gabon, and I'm like, oh, cool! I'll get to see, uh, you know, Pierre Emerick or Aubameyang, and and no, he wasn't there. And then I was like, oh, I'll get to see this guy. Oh, he wasn't playing either. So it was like a big. Uh, no, it just you got wasn't to see a game. the Gervinho ex- exhibition. Yeah, I got I got to see Gervinho and all his his dreadlock goodness. Like somebody opened the curtains of his face. Yeah, um, it looks like just nappy, wetty, wet dog show kind of thing but anyway it's, it's bad what, what's that um dog that naturally has ropey hair pooley is it to like protect themselves from like bites and crap or a com or a commodore sheeps? they both have it interesting that i did not expect you to have such detailed answers and i don't know so i'm just gonna roll with you on that mm, and, yeah, pooley um, and a commodore interesting so this is rob langevin host of the dog hair roundtable of the Westminster Kennel Club fantasy show. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I bet you they have that somewhere, or at least oh take, take odds on them. Yeah, I think the Beagle this year, with all his uh, his uh, his woba and his his babip factors, I think he could be a, a, a number one top overall pick. This <laughs> babip had pretty decent OBP OPS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, we may as well just jump into it. We are going to be somewhat rotating these like we did last time to try to cut down on time. We're going to try to keep it under an hour 15, which is what we hit last time. Um, But we can start off here with Group D, leading off with Croatia. Um, Their matches in order, Turkey, Czech Republic, and Spain. I think uh, even Rakitic had the most appearances with 10, most assists with 4 for Croatia throughout qualifying. His positioning and set-piece taking makes him more valuable for me than Modric or Perisic. Um, although Perisic did have the most goals for them during qualifying. Um, Modric gets loads of hockey assists, which I'm a huge fan of, but unfortunately not included in this game type. So maybe not spend so much money on him. Um, Dario Serna had three assists and is definitely their best uh, option at the back. But Group D feels really evenly spread to me. Like anybody could beat anybody. And I'm not sure that's going to be super helpful for clean sheets. 
Um, Mandzukic is obviously a gamble up front. Sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes when he shows up, he shows up with too much intensity and gets red carded. Uh, obviously, that's not something you'd be looking for. Um, but yeah, those, those are really the main guys. I don't think Kovacic really gets much of a chance in this uh, 11 as he didn't really do that much at Real Madrid this year. Any thoughts from you on, on Croatia and how things are going to shake out for them? Uh, you know, I, I like the three names they have through the through the middle. Modric, Rakitic, Persic. You know, they're all equally intriguing. Uh, Modric is older and not what he once was or never was really because he's kind of, he's always really that overhyped guy who never really did anything in fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rakitic, like you said, he's the leading scorer through qualifying. You know, he is, he, a lot of the offense flows through him after Modric. Uh, and you said he, he is the set take, he's a set piece taker. Uh, you know, Perisic is, is kind of like the, the middle ground between Modric and Rakitic to me. Like, he's a little bit of column A and a lot of column B, and then it flip-flops for him sometimes. But all are interesting in a rotational matter through the midfield. All are have decent prices in the sevens and eight range. So those are those are pretty decent shouts through the midfield. Uh, Mandzukic is, you know, he's like a perfect rotational second, third striker for me. He's right into that, you know, the Zuba for a range of pricing and, you know, based on matchup, I can see him making sense, especially when they play, you know, I'm trying to think who, when they don't play Spain, I probably wouldn't play him when they play Spain. Mm. Maybe when they play, maybe when they play Turkey. Uh, but, you know, he's definitely not somebody I would roster immediately. If, if you run across it and you're looking for somebody desperate, Manzukic would be somebody I'd look at. Their defense is kind of on the blah side, Cerna, uh, Korluka, is someone yeah, else to look at. I'm surprised that I didn't talk about Trulia. I took him out of my team because that was when I had you know my 19 Tottenham and former Tottenham players. But yeah, yeah he's, I mean he's, he's a name, good he's, on his head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean he's a name that everybody knows, so ownership will probably be a, a, a tick above one at least. Uh, but yeah, I don't trust their defense enough. And like you said, this group is going to be scoring goals against each other, which kind of saps the value out of the number one goalie in this group in De Gea, which we'll get into Spain in a little bit. Uh, so we'll move on to, to Czechoslovakia. Um, the Czech Republic. You know, I'm probably really touchy about that. <laughs> Czech, yeah, Czechoslovakian Republic. Or Czech Republic, my bad. Uh, yeah, so so I was going back and forth and looking at the the, uh, the goalies in this group, and you know, De Gea and Peter Czech are the two that jump out to you. The problem with you know the Czech Republic is that Peter Cech has nobody defensively in front of him. I would actually trust from a fantasy perspective that would actually give him more value than De Gea. Uh, the only other guy that I like on Czechoslovakia that would probably even not be a second tier guy that I maybe gamble just to be a little different on, different on is Lafada. You know, 26 goals in all comps in the Czech League, but it is the Czech League. Uh, so I don't really see him exploiting anyone in this group with what he does. Um, but yeah, Peter, if you're going to have a goalie, uh, Peter Cech would probably be my second goalie in this in this format, only because of the group. Like we just said, it's going to beat each other up. Um, but yeah, th- there's nobody really else jumping out at me that they're going to be. Oh, I have to have this guy on it from a fantasy perspective because I don't trust anybody. Because not only are they all end in IC or weird vowel combinations at the end, I just I just don't see them being any kind of value to me. Yeah, I, I agree on most of those points. Uh, somebody was asking me about Rasiski. I, I I don't see it at all. I don't think he Old. contributes nearly enough. Yeah, he, he doesn't even contribute for his own club team. You're gonna he's gonna contribute for his country. Yeah, uh, same th- same thing. Same thing with Poodle. You know, uh, 
he he doesn't even contribute for his club team either. Yeah, he's only, he only had 500 minutes played for his, his club. Do you do you have any interest in Nasid thinking? You know, he's not a world beater, but he got 11 goals and he has 10 international goals for the Czech Republic. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the, the, he hasn't been starting their friendlies, which I'm sure is why people aren't paying attention. But he he has plenty of playing time for them in the past. But yeah, definitely. Like, but the only like I said, the only guy that I like is is Lafada, only because his price tag is a little bit lower, and he's basically on that just usable price tag in this format at six point five. Yeah, yeah. No disagreements from from me there. Um, on to Spain, we have them facing the Czech Republic, then Turkey, then Croatia. Um, David Silva, despite a rough Premier League campaign in which he only played about half the available minutes on 1800. By the way, it was exactly 1800 minutes. And I don't know if you heard about this, but, um, when they were originally measuring, um, Mount Everest, they actually put an O2 at the end of it because they didn't think people would believe that it was exactly even. (laughs) <laughs> um, and so, like, that's why I'm bringing this up because he played exactly 1800 minutes, and I don't want people to be like, "Oh, did he mean 1796? Does he round all his stats?" No, it was actually 1800 <laughs> minutes. Um, still managed to finish in the top 10 in assists in the Premier League, though, with 11, uh, and had three goals and three assists in qualifying for Spain. So, you know, I tend, like I said, I, I tend to like club form a little more than you do. You tend to like a little bit more of, of how they played for their country, but three goals and three assists. If that's the way you're going to lean, you can't ignore. Um, I'm not sure I can buy back in on Silva due to how badly he burned me in every fantasy format this year. The 10.0 price tag, a little intimidating as well. Also, if they decide to play a false nine, you don't really play that 10 role as cleanly as he likes to play. So that could get interesting. David De Gea, I really wish I could sit here and, and tell you, 100% David De Gea is the starter for Spain. You know what I can't do? That, unfortunately. <laughs> like, I can, uh, I was saying on the EPL show, I can entirely see a world in which Casillas, for no reason other than he's been there for so long, gets the first start against the Czech Republic. And with David De Gea, you know, and, and with the difficulty of this group in particular, like we were saying, Spain is going to get scored on. And especially in this group, and if you're already worried about playing time, the fact that it isn't going to be a guaranteed lock, like this isn't Manchester United. You aren't going to finish this with the most clean sheets coming from Spain, in my opinion, anyway. So I, I'm, I, I've had David De Gea in my team since my first draft, and I'm taking him out. No, it's not a bad shot, Kev. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't trust any of the forwards. Paco Alcacer was their best forward in qualifying, and he didn't even make the cut. So I assume Morata, but yeah, I, I disagree they, with they when could I get, go get false my points. Yeah, I know, but I think Morata is the guy. I think he's the guy there. I think he's developing into that guy. Interesting. And it, with 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 the, with the three playmakers that he's going to have behind him in front of Iniesta, you know, he's going to have Fabregas. He's going to have you know. The, anybody who plays there is going to be a playmaker. Silva, Fabregas, Busquets, Koke. They're all going to be facilitators to, to Murata. And Murata's been showing well in the friendlies. I think he's got three goals in his last two two games there, in the last two friendlies for Spain. And he's playing like he's playing, like he's fitting into a system there. And I think that the, the guys behind him are going to make him better because they, they're going to draw the attention from away from him and make him, you know, a more viable 
viable, you know, candidate for fantasy, you know, greatness here. And his price tag at eight point five for me is is a phenomenal buy in. I I love it as his, he's your secondary guy behind you know the Lewandowski's or you know the higher price eleven to ten guys, Cristiano Ronaldo's, you know, the people who are buying into bigger names. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, what what other uh, disagreements do you have there? It sounds like you have a lot. No, I mean, I I don't think this. Like I said with this group, I don't think there's going to be many clean sheets. But when you look at the Spanish defensive, you know, starting four, and it could be starting five if you want to throw, you know, Dave Dave Aspilicueta in there. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> Which I'm sure they don't. You know, yeah, no, but you know, you have Ramos, PK. You know, Jordi Alba and Juan Fran. That's a phenomenal, like, on paper for, only for an international world team, team. That is very impressive. Yeah. You know, their ownership is leading to believe that people are buying into it. You know, their ownership for 27 for Ramos, 11 for PK, 8 for, for Jordi Alba, 7 for Juan Fran. That's, that's pretty decent for, you know, the defensive. Uh, ownership across the board in this format is kind of like it is in the FPO format. It's very spread out to begin with, and then everybody starts zeroing in on, on certain people. But but to have four guys owned in seven percent of leagues already, that's that's somebody somebody knows something that we don't, or everybody's believing that something's going to happen. You know, I'm not saying that Spain's going to get three clean sheets here, but I guarantee you will probably get one, and you probably want to own one at least one Spanish defender. Probably look for differentials and somebody who plays on the on the wide side here because. <clears throat> More often than not, they're probably going to get involved in the play. Like a Juan Fran, he'll probably probably be involved, like he is with his club team. Uh, you know, I, I I can't not see anyone owning a Spanish defender just based on their group. Yeah, their group is tough with with Croatia, Czech Czech Republic, and Turkey. But they're on paper they're better on better other better than them, right. Clearly, they're the better team in this group. Correct. I mean, yeah, I, the age, I think, is a factor. Oh, absolutely. Like, and, and Turkey and the Czech Republic, I know very intimately, because they're the reason Netherlands aren't at this European Championship, both had really good qualifying campaigns. And both of them play very well as teams. Not saying Spain don't. You know, obviously, they had that Euro World Cup Euro run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can see th- this is one of the few groups where every team could beat every team. Oh, and, and and it, it does give me a little bit of pause having you uh, not that I didn't know who the players were, but just having you list that back four, especially on the international level, like I was saying, is pretty crazy. Usually, you at least have one gap somewhere along that back line, just because some like Belgium still don't have any actual wing backs unless mm-hmm. you trust Jordan Lukaku, which don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you may you may have uh, swayed me a little bit there. Yeah, you you have. To, I think you have to own. A, I think if you're setting your your five guys on your roster right now from a fantasy perspective, one of the one of the Spanish guys, whether it be PK, whether it be Alba or Juan Fran, or you know, even if you think you think Aspilicueta gets some some good, significant burn in there, one of those guys has to be on your team. Their their price tags are not you know awful. They're six five, six five, seven, and five five for Juan Fran. So I and from my standpoint, I'd probably lean towards. Uh, you know, either a PK or a Juan front, but only because their their ownership is less than Ramos because Ramos is the, is the sexy name because everybody seems to be in love with him and his sexy haircut and his beard configuration. <laughs> and, and Juan front to me seems like he gets more involved in play. So the price tags and I think that they're they're being underrated, even though they're owned in a lot. I think that their their names are someone that you should basically be starting your team defensively with. What what do you think about the hair? 
because originally you had him in there. Or is that something you're still hoping to do, or, or are you Who? put off by De Gea? Yeah, I he's he's basically I think he's the top two or three goalie in this whole entire FPL thing, uh, this whole fantasy. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll see. Uh, like I said, I, I I'm not saying that De Gea isn't good. I'm just saying there are question marks that I think some people are glossing over. So um, I guess that's just kind of a time will tell kind of situation. Uh, yeah. So, so Turkey Kev to me is kind of similar to what the Czech Republic has. They don't really have many guys that I would focus my attention on fantasy wise. You know, Hakan Kalaglu is probably the one guy that I would focus on only because midfield wise, the, the talent is so diversified across the format that you probably can get him for what his value is and he won't kill you in return. Do you agree with the, the assessment of Turkey there? Yeah, um, I think it's really frustrating the players that they took and the players they left behind. Um, like Gokhan Torre was a player that I was kind of looking forward to seeing, and he was in at 4-5, uh, but you know, that didn't end up happening. Um, I, I think that they're, like like you were saying, like Czech Republic, they're, they're a better team than they are fantasy options. Um, I like Arda Turan more than you do. Um, the price is a little high, but I think it could be for value. He, he seems to be invo- involved in most of what they do going forward. But uh, yeah, other than that, I, I'm not I'm not expecting too much from them fantasy wise. Yeah, I mean, if you want to throw you know Barak Ilmaz in there since he scored today, sure. I mean, his first games against Croatia and Spain, I'd probably not look at him for either of those games. If you want to throw him in there against the Czech Republic as a rotational guy, if your if your third striker doesn't line up with a great opponent, you know, you know, price wise, he falls into the second tier of strikers, not the third, but I could see him being a rotational guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that. All right. Um, so closing thoughts on this group, who do you think goes through? I think Spain is definitely going through. I think the, the other three teams depending, it's going to be a, a battle of who beats each other up more. And I think the goal, dif- I think goal differential is going to be a big thing in this group. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. But who's your second? I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say, I'll say Croatia. Okay, yeah, I don't have any, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> um, like I said, I really don't think Spain have this group all locked up. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they manage to pull it out. But I legitimately would not be surprised if. Um, Croatia and Turkey come out of this group. Uh, all right, so uh, heading into Group E, uh, where we have Belgium, Italy, uh, Ireland, and Sweden. I'll lead off here with Belgium, which uh, is fortunate because you know all of them play for Tottenham. Um, no, but uh, I, I was talking about earlier. I I hate that I'm ever gonna utter Lukaku's name ever again in my entire life. Um, but well, the worst the worst part is you could do it twice because there's two of them. <laughs> there are two Lukaku's. Oh man! Um, but yeah, he scored four goals in four matches. Um, which maybe isn't enough to get back in my good graces, but it's enough to get into graces in general. Um, nine is really low for him, which makes it really tempting. Nobody's gonna leech his playing time, even though they have loads of other good forward options. I might have to buy back in. I'm not doing it yet. I need to see it. 
I think, in the tournament first, but my hatred of him is waning. Um, Kevin De Bruyne obviously is incredible. Uh, he's expensive, but worth the price for me. Had the most goals and assists for them in qualifying. Uh, oh, and minutes played. You don't, I, you don't need me to tell you that he's good. You probably want somebody to tell you that it's okay to spend 10.0 on him, and it is okay. So you do you, audience. Um, a guy that I'm really interested in, but clearly you aren't, because when I texted you about him, you're like, why do I care? Um, Jason Denier, uh, Manchester City uh, center back slash Loney. He's super cheap. He's at 4.5. Just guaranteed himself loads of playing time by switching to right back um, with Alderweireld having to be pulled in because of the Vermaelen injury. Obviously, company injured as well. Um, there's no natural right back in this squad that can kick Denier out of the, that spot. I think there's a decent clean sheet chance for him. Um, because I really, really don't like Italy and Sweden in this tournament. Um, both of them, I think, living off past reputation. Uh, and he could even get an assist here or there since he's going to be, uh, roaming up and down that right side. Not big on Vertongen, Dembele, or Courtois for multiple reasons. Courtois mostly because he looked awful the last two months of the season. Don't love that. To flip that though, Eden Hazard looked really good towards the end of the season. Not to take it to club football, but you're a Chelsea guy. What do you think of those two Chelsea Belgians? Uh, I I don't trust Courtois at all in the, in this at all. I don't. I wouldn't even look in his direction. It, you know, there's so many good goalies priced at similar at six auto that I would probably rather trust either De Gea or you know someone that has a better group than I. I don't, I don't think Belgian keeps. They may keep one clean sheet out of this this entire group, but that's probably the, the same odds that someone else would have. But but yeah, I don't trust Courtois. His play was kind of shaky. Um, but Hazard is uh, is the exact opposite. You know, he towards the end of the season, his play started to streamline up to what we previously known from Hazard, and that's that's intriguing to me. His price tag nine point five is. Okay, but if you're going to spend nine point five on a hazard, why why aren't you spending ten on De Bruyne, who basically is the is the man on this team? Uh, <clears throat> I agree with you with the Lukaku um, the nine He's he's such a good name. Uh, he's gonna he could take advantage of a lot of bad defenses in this group. Ireland's defense is shaky when you know the the most known and best defender is Seamus Coleman. Um, <clears throat> Sweden has a bunch of uh, uh, Johansons on their team, and Italy is. Is I completely agree with you, and I probably would have said it the exact same way. They're living off previous reputations, and and their defense is not what it what was. And, and if people think that Cialini is still the second coming of any great Italian wide defender, uh, I beg to differ. Um, but yeah, so Lukaku to me is is extremely extremely uh, intriguing from a from a striker standpoint for Belgium. But you still kind of hate it, right? You, you kind of do because everybody's looking back on the previous, you know, damned, damn you for burning me, you know, thing because he didn't end the FPL season at all very well. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that he gets a little pride in, in playing for country and he does something a little bit more significant than the way he ended the FPL season. The one, the one guy I like and I, I like the way he plays for Belgium is, is nine Golan. I, I, I like him from a – he's a tough guy. He, he seems like he's like – you know what he is, Kev? He's like the um, – he's like the fantasy scumbag. You want, you want, if you want to <laughs> give, give him a label, you know, if, can you captain a fantasy scumbag? That's, that's basically what I want to do. And Nine Golan is that guy. And he, he's he like kind of plays – enforcer. <laughs> that's basically what he is. He basically enforces his way into things. 
so you know he's like he's like uh, anybody who basically watches Sidney Crosby's back, and Sidney Crosby in this case is Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's a really good comp. Like three people understand that reference, but I like it. I'm down with it. I, I've always been more of a Gino Malkin guy myself. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, go Pen. Um, you know, I, I'd agree with uh, all of that. I, I'm just not buying in on uh, Vertonghen or Alderweireld or Dembele, yeah. really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you might get the clean sheets, but they need to stay back a lot more in the system because of how many more attacking options they have. And Dembele is droppable, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. He's a good yeah. impact guy, but he's not guaranteed the minutes. Yeah, uh, and the one, the one guy I'll give a shout on since we we didn't bring these up in the other in the other group, I believe we skipped over one who plays for Algeria. The uh, the MLS transplant Laurent Simon scored today for them from the defense, and he's yeah he's a he team. came on for Denaire actually. <clears throat> yeah, and he's, he scored in like the eighty something minute, but he is an MLS product. He plays for the Impact Montreal Impact. So since we are stateside, we like to give the three guys that are actually representing this <laughs> tournament for. The MLS, uh, a good little shout. Uh, he looks like a like a like a late late game sub to me. He's not a he's not a start from start from the beginning of the game guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, on to Italy. What do you see out of them this tournament? Uh, I see a lot of oldness and <laughs> pat, and past uh, futility that was you know or past greatness that was is being looked at as oh this is Italy you know uh, I don't I don't see it. You know, G- Buffon. Is old and he's probably on the take. Uh, Chiellini, great. He's out of the back. He has great attacking capability. But do you really want to, you know, pay the price of six mil and have have him be owned by thirteen percent currently, which is probably going to go up when when the tournament starts based on people shifting their their team around. Uh, they, they have Matteo Darmian in the back. He's a United product. We saw what he could do. In, in some limited spurts for United, and he, and he is a good player going forward. He's not so good going backwards. Uh, you know, the, the thing that bugs me about Italy is, you know, look at their front, look at their forwards. They're basically all interchangeable pieces. It's like the, uh, you know, the assembly line for, <laughs> for Ford, you know, Pella, Insigne, Immobile, they're all like exactly the same exact player. The only player that I, that jumps out to me as being uh, a game changer is El Shawarwi. You know, I, I watched him take a free kick. What was that two weeks ago? when they were in qualifying and I believe I texted you and I'm like, did you see that free kick? And you go, no. And then you watched it and you were like, holy, holy oh, shit. Balls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, so he, he went back to Roma. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. I think he, he got comfortable when he was playing, you know, on home soil. Uh, you know, the only bad thing is I, I feel that there's going to be a super bad rotation with the, the Italian forwards in this tournament. Uh, I think they're trying to find pieces that work for a team that has significant flaws. Uh, through the midfield, there's nobody I trust, even with the the names there, De Rossi. Uh, there's nobody there that I would even roster. The player from, you from, would uh, have wanted was Marquisio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, there's but there's nobody there's nobody there. You know, yeah, De Rossi. The, that missing Marquisio and Verratti is one of the toughest double blows an international side mm-hmm. can have. Yeah, I mean Tiago Moda is too defensive for me. Kendreva is—he's not oh, he's anything so you want. Bad now. Yeah, he's—he's he's like a caveman. Have you seen him? Like he like lumbers around the field now. He's like—he's like, he's like uh, what's his name? Gattuso now. He's like the new Gattuso. Is <laughs> what he is. 
but yeah, Italy, I believe we've, we've said it three times now and it's getting like over redundant, but yeah, they're getting away. This is like a transitional uh, talent wise year for Italy. I think that the, they were too, too scared to go way young and bring in the, the younger crop of guys to surround uh, El Sharawi. But they had to represent themselves with some of their core talent, like like Immobile and De Rossi and Cialini. So they wanted to make a good showing with name wise. Um, I just don't see them doing much in this. And, and is it is it awful that I think they finished below Ireland in this group? Nope, because I literally have them going through in second. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> I agree with you. Condreva is struggling so much lately. Um, uh, I don't think it was. I don't remember who I was talking to about it, but but he's he's going for the Lennon slash Navas style of play of just running up and down the side of the pitch and then just hoping that his crosses get deflected out for a corner so he can pretend he did something positive. It's it's gotten so bad. He was so good a couple of years there, and it, it, it's just really gone by him. And the fact that Pella is somehow their best forward is an embarrassment to Italian football history. That is that's insane. And, like, you, you, you forgot to mention Simone Zaza. How dare you? Oh, my God. Or the other or the other Adar. The, the oh, the other Adar, yeah. yeah the, the Italian Adar. Not the Portuguese. Not to be confused with the Portuguese Adar. Which we would understand because neither of them are that great. No. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And, and Italy, it feels like they're getting a free pass, which is strange, but... Fine, we'll see. Like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't advance. Um, on to Ireland. Uh, your boy Shane Long, man. Love Shane Long. Love him, love him, love him. Obviously, he did well in the Premier League this season. Ten goals, four assists. Loads of positional versatility. He'll probably start up front because Robbie Keane is still dealing with an injury. Um, so you're probably going to see Shane Long up front at the beginning. But he has the versatility to move out wide if Keane comes back and is fit. Like we were saying, Italy... Not that great, but probably still the best defense in this group, and they've not been spectacular. Um, again, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if Ireland advanced. Robbie Brady, he, he's usually the set piece taker for them, which may be some of Ireland's better chances at the tournament, to be fair. Uh, 6.0, though, is about 1.0 more than I want to pay. But there are worse players at that price point, but that might turn you off to it. Seamus Coleman, obviously Everton had an awful season, and him coming back to earth was part of that. Uh, did still manage to get 18 chances created and 43 take-ons, which doesn't help you in fantasy, but it does tend to show you that at least he's still getting forward, which would be of benefit in this format. And But but he's another Irish player that just feels like he costs a little too much at 5-5. But yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The thing that, that bugs me, I love Shane Long. Shane Long is probably one of the better price tags for a forward that you... He's oh, yeah, your, for sure. He's, What's he on, 6'5", I think? 6'5", six, six, only 4% owned currently. Yeah. He is your, your prototypical spend spend big on your first guy, spend a little bit extra on your second guy, and then Shane Long is your third guy. To me, he can take advantage of this, of this group by having, you know... Uh, just a goal. If he scores, if he scores three goals in three games, I mean, you know, not a goal every game, but I can see him breaking out and having two goals in one game. Then you know, maybe Keane playing the second game and then Long coming back for the third and scoring again. Uh, but but his price tag six point five is is perfect for me. I I jump all over that and his and his ownership is is where it should be through the midfield. I, I look at these lads and uh, you know, Whelan, McCarthy, McGeady, Brady, Houlihan. 
they they all are basically the same exact player to me. In my mind, they're all the same exact player. With Brady being a little bit different because he's set piece taker, you know, we see what he does in at Norwich, and we understand that he can possibly do some more stuff with the Ireland team. But I, I don't see anything there that's basically an interchangeable system of, of movable parts there. Defensively, there's nobody there. Seamus Coleman was awful this year. You know, John O'Shea, no, absolutely not. Uh, their goalies, absolutely not. Darren Randolph look, looks shaky for West Ham at points. Shea Givens, 112 years old. Him, him and Buffon are going to, to AARP meetings in between groups. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Yeah, Ireland is very limited, but if if the first game of this of this group goes off, you know, and we see it as Italy and and Italy looks awful, I would probably take advantage of one team in this and stat and maybe have one or two Irish guys in on your team. You know, Brady is a good shout by you and Long is definitely is is already in my team currently. So, yeah, but those those two guys are the are the two main guys and then if you you felt uh Comfortable enough that you're going to grab a clean sheet from these uh, from these guys. I don't see it, but but Coleman would be the guy. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And as far as the attacking guys go, I, I'm not worried about Sweden's defense and Belgium. While they have big names in their defense, they haven't kept a clean sheet in a while. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think you need to be put off. So if people are listening to this and they're like, "Oh, Shane Long, third option, maybe I won't play him." Play him, play him the first two, and if he's yeah. impressive enough in the first two, keep playing him against Italy. Like, don't don't be worried about matchuping yourself out of some points. All right. Yeah. Um. So Rob, talk to us about Sweden and try to not only talk about Zlatan, even though that's pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Sweden has Zlatan. So. Yep. It's true. Um, Can't confirm. You know, there's only a few players in this tournament that have his price tag. You know, it's, you know, Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Ibrahimovic. Those are the top three guys price-wise in this tournament. Uh, I think you probably have to own one of those three. I'll throw Bale into the discussion as well because Bale gets a lot of love. Yeah, you will. Um, you know, and you, and you're starting to fall in love with, with Muller because I, he's, he's a heady player and he's always in the right position. Uh, but yeah, Ibrahimovic is basically team Sweden. Um, you know, the price tag will probably turn a lot of people off and it's reflexive of his percentage right now. He's only owned by 8%. Um, but there's another guy I actually like on here and I actually just, I just put him in my team today and I, I saw that he, no, he actually no. scored he, and he actually scored today for Sweden in their friendly and that is Lustig, the defender. He play, plays well out of the back. Um, you know, he had five goals for Celtic this year out of the back. So, you know, his 5.0 price tag is, is good. His ownership is probably is basically zero because nobody's trusting in a Swedish defender. Um, yeah, so like I said, pay attention to the first set of games in this, in this, in this group. You know, they play Ireland first and then Italy second. So if you're going to own a Swedish defender, I think it's probably for the first two games. And then the third game, you could probably dump them, you know, and use a rotational uh, matchup against Belgium. Uh, but yeah, Lustig is, is a defender I'd look at. There's nobody from the goalie standpoint. Midfield is, is Blas. Seb Larsson is okay. But he, Seb Larsson was good. It was okay five years ago, and he really hasn't progressed into anything. And it's unfortunate because I like Seb Larsson because I think he's a good set-piece taker. He's very um, You know, Forsberg... You know, I think the hockey player with the same name was better. Um, <laughs> Correct. 
But yeah, that's like a lot of hockey references today. I don't even watch hockey. But yeah, so if you're starting your forward thing and, and it doesn't start with Ibrahimovic, Ronaldo, you know, Mueller, Bale, one of those four guys is probably going to be in some in some shape or form is going to be on someone's team. But you know, Sweden to me just they don't have the uh, horses from a fantasy perspective to have a, a, a garnering interest from me. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So we both kind of already tipped our hands here, but which teams do you see advancing? I think Belgium uh, advances from this group. They'll they'll score enough goals and they won't give up as many, which means that they'll win more because that's basic science. Uh, and then the second team, you know, I could see Ireland pulling off a defeat of some of, of Italy and then securing the second spot. I mean, it's, I know it's crazy, but I think they just have enough talent and, you know, vigor to, to come in second in the group. Yeah, this is really awful radio. We just keep agreeing. Um, well, the, it's like we're playing good golf. It's like we're playing cart golf. You know, you hit the same way I do. <laughs> True. Also, maybe why we're friends. Um, I agree with you. I think Ireland will run a consistent race and we'll see some pretty big ups and downs from Sweden and Italy. Italy have the talent to do it. I'm not sure Sweden do. Um, but I don't think that the third team in this group advances because I think they're all just going to leech points off each other. I'm going to say Belgium and Ireland, but Italy could sneak in there, but I, I just don't see it on the form that they're in right now. Yeah. All right, so now we head into the last group here. I'm um, going to start off with Austria. Their first matches are against Hungary, Portugal, Iceland. Uh, Austria are a really good dark horse option if you want to gamble but not blame me if you lose, but do want to credit me if you gamble and get it right. Um, I think they could go a long way if they find their stride. The loss of the Netherlands has taken a little bit of the shine off, um, especially in defense. Um, but it's definitely not because they keep insisting that Proto is better than Vimmer. <coughs> Cough. Um, but anyway, uh, Christian Fuchs, probably the guy you want if you played FPL this year. Um, obviously, we know everything we need to know about him. Gets up and down, defends his position well, sends in very dangerous crosses, often gets to take set pieces. 6.0 might be too expensive for your taste. If it is, look no further than Dragovic, who I think is a really good option as well. Guaranteed starter in this team. Less dangerous in attack than Fuchs, obviously. Um, but can get on the other end of some of those crosses on, on those set pieces. David Alaba, don't do it. His role is in central midfield and not an attacking role in the midfield. And I know his name is recognizable and that he's an incredibly talented player. But this is not the format for him, and especially not for 7.0. I think Almer is an interesting one. This is going to be a weird group, so clean sheets might not be guaranteed so much. But at 5.0, he's cheaper than most of the decent keepers. Um, has a very good matchup against Hungary in the first one, which, which you know, they may be one of the worst teams at this tournament. So you can get away with that in the first match for sure. Uh, you have any thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I have lots to say about Austria because this is the team I've been peeping behind the scenes for months and weeks. Uh, I've been bragging to you. I think this is their, the the team that could come from you know not they're not they're not dark horses anymore, but they're coming from the middle of the pack now. Um, you know uh, they have all. I think they're peaking at the right time, just talent wise. You know their goalie Almer is is a is a decent buy, like you said. Uh, Fuchs Dragovich. You know, awesome, awesome defenders. You probably want to own one defender from this group 
uh, from from this team rather. And Fuchs would probably be my guy, only because you know he's the captain. He's going to play every game. He's involved in su- in some set pieces, but not not as many as you think for that he takes for you know his club. Uh, but yeah, their defense is is good enough to be okay and just talented enough to probably get by with this group with Hungary and you know Iceland. Uh, Alaba, yeah, he's basically the you know the Austrian Musa Dembele in this in this team. He basically he's, he's not going to be going forward very much. Um, if you're looking for the, the midfield option to own, is Janosevic. Uh, great talent, ten assists in the Bundesliga. You know he's a freak, and he takes a lot of the close in free t- free free kicks from the side. Uh, he takes the corner kicks as well. So he's a great crosser of the ball. If anybody's noticed, watched the Bundesliga's ball, Janovic is, is a great talent. Uh, up top, I love Arnautovic. Love him, love him, love him. Uh, 7.0 price tag. The only problem with Arnautovic is, and we, we noticed this the other day when we were both watching the game, he gets sucked into being a playmaker role. Yeah. And, he, and he's not a playmaker. He's the finisher. He should be finishing the ball, not basically being the facilitator to yeah, himself. The way because, we were explaining that's it impossible. he's the one setting up the chances and also needs to be finishing them. Yeah, he can't set it up and finish it at the same time. If he if he does, he's like Quicksilver from the X Men or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I love Austria. I think they're a super sleeper. If anybody's got you know you know twenty pounds on them, go to the go to the local bet bet factory and put twenty on them. I believe their odds are right around twenty eight to one now. They've gone down from forty to one. So I mean, people are starting to buy into the Austrian love that as a mid range gamble here. I know we don't really talk about gambling too much and don't promote it, but. But it's a decent it's a decent bet for a twenty pound, um, yeah. So I'll move on to Hungary because you know I could talk all day about Austria because I have I not been talking to you for like two, literally two yeah. months about, yeah, yeah. about that, uh, and we've basically been waiting to start the you know the Euro coverage. And <laughs> I want to talk about Austria, and we all agree that Kevin Vemmer is the greatest thing Austria's ever produced. Blah blah blah, whatever. So Hungary, <laughs> yes, Hungary. Uh, they have zero fantasy options. Uh, they're probably one like of the, the bottom, the bottom two teams in this entire tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably have one of the better names in the tournament, Barnabas Besse. Uh, awesome name. <laughs> this, the team is gonna, the team is gonna suck. Uh, sorry for anybody who's Hungarian and now and has specifically up. that last name. Or, yeah, or but yeah. So uh, from a fantasy perspective, um, there's there's not one game where I see them. As in, as in having the advantage, maybe against Iceland because they're not going to do well against Portugal and they're not going to do well against Austria. Uh, but yeah, so if you're owning a Hungarian uh, fantasy player for fantasy, you're either Hungarian or related to someone who is on the Hungarian team, <laughs> which probably means you're Hungarian. I mean, it could be through marriage, but well, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we're gonna quickly escape that weird quagmire that we made for ourselves uh, i'll talk to the folks a little bit about iceland here sigurdsson is obviously incredible nine goals in 2016 nine he had 11 and nine of them were in the second half of the season obviously on form obviously gets to take any set piece he chooses and is largely the creative force behind this entire team 8.0 is perfectly fine for me i know it's a little high but i think it's worth it for him Portugal can be so up and down at times. I really wouldn't be surprised if we saw Iceland advance. The forward options are a little bit convoluted with the inclusion of Gudjonsson making minutes weird for both former Eredivisie forwards and Colbin Sigthorsen and Alfred Fimbogason. 
But um, regardless of who is up front, Sigurdsson's going to give them plenty of opportunities, and and they tend to be decent going forward, so they should be able to finish a few of those. And Sigurd can finish some of his on his own if he needs to. Um, not sure you want to go into the defense though, um, because you know Portugal is not a terrific team, but they do have some <laughs> terrific players that are obviously very capable of of making something out of nothing. So I'm not really sure I'd want to trust the back end. And I'm not really sure I trust any of the guys along Sigurdsson's line, but I think Sigurdsson is, you know, probably one of the top 15 options in this tournament. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Iceland to me is is very similar to, to Turkey. Uh, you know, Sigurdsson is basically the, the Hakan Kalan glue of this team. Uh, his price tag is decent because he's going to get his touches and he takes free kicks. So, you know, if you if that's something you rely on from a fantasy standpoint – uh, cool. Uh, defend, defensively and in the, in the goalkeeper, there's nobody there you really want to look at. Uh, up top, it's a it's a muddled up mess with Sigurdsson, Good Johnson. There's nobody really you want. Even at their price points, which is in the lower range, you know, if, if it comes down to it, would you rather own uh, Arnautovic or Sigurdsson? They're the same price. It, the, the choice is really obvious. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So that that basically clears up Iceland for me. Um, Portugal is, is the last team in this group, and to me, it's the the, the second most fantasy relevant. Only because I think the team, the, a lot of the names on this team are, you know, exasperated by just their their names in general. And it starts up top with with Ronaldo. Kevin, I want to peep a question to you: Is Portugal good because they have Ronaldo, or is Ronaldo good because he's on Portugal? Oh gosh, definitely not the second one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the team the team completely centers around Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo up there. Uh, they have decent pieces around him, but I think the team. I, I mean, I, I could be completely wrong by saying this. They're comp- they're very overrated. Is that a is that a bad thing to say? I no, think they're overrated talent wise. Yeah. You know, Renato Sanchez is getting a lot of love because he's a new Bayern signing. Uh, you know, he's owned by fourteen percent. His price tag is four point five, which is completely cheap. He's only eighteen years old. That's disgusting to think about. He's the youngest player to, to ever feature in this tournament for Portugal at 18. Uh, the real, the, I think the the real value there is Andre Gomes. I think that his 5.0 price tag completely negates what Renato Sanchez is going to do for you from a fantasy perspective. And I'd rather probably own him because I think he gets more guaranteed minutes than than Sanchez. I think Sanchez mm-hmm. is is he's a flashy player and he's a he's a new player in the no I think Portugal is trying to infuse him based on his youth and his is is coming up in the in the world right now to sh- basically show him off he's the basically new the new hold ornament for Portugal um, defensively you know Pepe is a is a red card waiting to happen uh, Bruno Alves is a, is an older defender he's a grinder there's a, they have a good value on defense because if Jose Font plays every game at 4.5 He's he's a good guy to have because he's great on corner kicks. He's great in the air. He's a he's a okay. De- he's a good enough defender that he's not going to hurt you. And he's a not a bad enough defender where he's going to look like a donkey. Is basically what I'm saying. Uh, you know, Rio Patricio in the goals is is a decent number two goalie because I like who they face in this group. You know, Hungary is is probably you know the worst team in the tournament. And Iceland is, you know, the second worst team in this in this group. I think it's, you know, Austria, Portugal, one, two, depending on how people want to look at it. And then it's dot, 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 Iceland, dot, 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 Hungary. So Rio Patricio, based on his first two games, first, you know, he plays, he plays Iceland first, and then Austria, and then 
in that hungry. So you basically want to put him in a rotation value system that you'd have a number one and then maybe bring in Rio Patricio because nobody really wants to <clears throat> use too many transfers on goalies, though, even though you get a, a pretty unlimited amount during the first round. But yeah, I mean, Portugal has guys that you, you recognize, and I think that's why they are, they're bloated. That's a great name for Portugal. They're bloated. They're, mm. you know, pet, a lot of their guys are completely overrated by what they do in world play. Um, especially Ronaldo. I mean, Ronaldo is 12.0. He's, he is the most exp- yeah, he is the most expensive player in this tournament. He's only 28% of leagues. I think people are just going by his haircut. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, I'm not telling you to not own Portugal guys. I'm just saying I'd rather own guys of value there, like the, like the Fonts, who is one of their cheaper defenders. And not don't go with the mainstream Ronaldo Sanchez through the middle. Go with the, the off-cuff of Andre Gomes. Yeah. Yeah, all very good uh, tips from you. Um, Rui Patricio, an interesting one. I, I just, I don't buy it in this group. Although, if you were going to say what are each of these teams worse in, it would be attack. Um, aside from Sigurdsson for Iceland. So, even though Portugal don't have a tremendous defense, in this group it might actually be okay. Um which I'm not sure most people would think of putting Rui Patricio in the in their lineups, but it's a it's a good shout. All right, so for this final group, Group F, who do you see going through? Uh, Austria and Portugal, easily one two for me in this group. Uh, I don't, I don't. Iceland's a good team. They're a good, you know, they're a good, talented. They play well together. Kind they're of a good team. story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Hungary might be bad enough that third place gets through here, though, because I think yeah. you can chalk up three points for all of them at the beginning. Yeah, because I, I, what, what actually is the, the tiebreaker for the best or third place team? Is it goal scored points or coolest uniforms, hottest mom? What, what, hottest mom. Yeah, I, I think. Well, so, I, so, I honestly, so, Sweden, so Sweden's going in. <laughs> I honestly really wish I knew. Um, yeah, it just uh, teams running six groups of the four teams, top two and the four best third place teams advance. Yeah, it's probably so, points and then gold, gold differential, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, points, yeah. That that definitely makes the most sense of seeing how yeah, they so. in there. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure that out. All right, um, so we've now wrapped all the groups. I just thought it would be interesting to tell people what our teams are looking like right now, although mine's in heavy rotation right now. Like the more I'm looking into it, the more I, it's in a fluid motion. But why don't you tell the folks who you got in there at the moment? It's loading. Hold on. <laughs> I, I will on. tell the folks who's in my team at the moment. Um, so I'm starting Sommer at the back against Albania. Then I have Huades, Mongola, and Piszczek. Huades has been in and out of my team infinity times. Still not sure if he's going to end up in there. I have Denayer and Cathcart on the bench defensively, both at 4.5 apiece. I really like Denayer, but I'm not sure I want to try him against Italy at first. Same with Cathcart and Poland. I think Poland are going to have one of the more dangerous attacks from the off. Um with Lewandowski and Milik, who listeners of the last show know I'm, I'm very high on. Uh, in the midfield, I currently have De Bruyne, who has the captain's band on him, Sigurdsson, Rakitic, and Otzel, although Otzel was very disappointing in, in the most recent German friendlies, and I can see myself deciding to not hang on to him. Um, literally nothing to do with club football, just it doesn't seem like he's involved as he should be, and it seems like Gutze is. So I might just make that move. Uh, I have Renato Sanchez on my bench, much to your chagrin. Um, at four or five, whatever. But yeah, Gomez might be a, a good move there. Then Milik, who I love up front. Kane, who I love up front. And Bale, who I love up front. 
Bale probably going to move after the first match. I think the Slovakia matchup is a really tasty one, though. And Milik versus uh, Northern Ireland, I've already mentioned. I'm planning on switching to Zuba after that one. And speaking of Russians, when I bailed on De Gea, I brought in Akinfeyev, who I don't think is tremendous anymore. But the second matchup... uh, Oh, snap. Who is the second matchup against? Somebody that I thought was a good matchup. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, I brought him in there. Uh, but he he can obviously be moved around if I don't like those matchups. Don't they don't they start Slovakia Wales? Uh, they start with England, then Slovakia. Oh, so, so it's Slovakia. So England Slovakia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm switching Sommer and Akinfeyev <clears throat> between those first two matches. Yeah, I mean it's you know everything is a, is a crapshoot right now. Everybody's just trying to fit together the pieces that they think make the best puzzle. Uh, um, so I got I finally loaded my my team up. My team Oy. is actually loaded up. <laughs> so so in goal I have Almer and De Gea. I just like their first two sets of matches enough to roster both of them. Almer is for Austria, and De Gea has Czechoslovakia, and Almer has Hungary. You know, Almer probably gets to start the first game because I don't believe in Hungary at all. Uh, on defense, I have Boateng, Fuchs, Piszczek. Who else do I have? Oh, Mangala and uh, Rodriguez. That's a lot of money in your defense, homie. That's fine. Are they I, all I, five plus? What? Aren't they all five plus? So, but I would actually, I'm actually going to change out Mangala for for Jose Font only because I think that there's better value there. I'll say 0.5. Ooh. Uh, through the through the midfield, uh, Andre Gomes or Gomes or whoever you say, whatever you want to put the accent on. Uh, also, Fabregas, Rakitic, and I have actually have I just made this change yesterday. I put Joe Allen in there because hey, I, why not? Yeah, I mean, you know, he plays Slovakia the first game. He's definitely going to play. I mean, is there a better talent on, on Wales right now than him through the no, midfield? Especially with Joe Ludley out. <clears throat> yeah. So, and then up top, I have uh, Lewandowski, Murata, and Shane Long. So nice. those are my three strikers. Uh, I, I love Lewandowski and Murata are my pairing. They'll probably be my pairing for a while, and I'll just make – uh, third rope, third movement with the third guy with Shane Long, depending on matchup. I think that pair is going to score a ton, Lewandowski included. I don't care that he plays in a tougher group. I think he scores his goals anyway. Uh, Murata, to me, is probably the emerging striker in this tournament that isn't owned. Uh, I, I'd actually consider him for the golden boot in this tournament. Interesting. We'll see. I, I'm really worried it's going to be Lukaku on some nonsense, but yeah. I, would like it if, I would like it if Murata won it. All right, cool. So that, that is our uh, breakdown for the group stages. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. Wait, what are we talking about Thursday? Uh, we'll talk. We're going to. Thursday will be a, a quick one. We'll see because. Uh, oh, we'll just like we'll, update. We'll preview the game that's playing on Friday, the opening match. Uh, we'll see what other changes we made to our teams. We'll oh, check right. out the final post. Yeah, we'll talk about. The, the league. Oh, snap. I meant to bring that up, and I didn't. Yeah. Everybody join our league. It's F- FPL Roundtable. The, the code is 529147. V as in Victor, S as in Sally. Uh, join up. We're giving the winner uh, a free kit of their choice from anywhere in the world. Uh, international. We have, yeah. yeah, international kit. We have, we have four Team Canada ones and three Team Israel, so hopefully we get... <laughs> We get someone from those <laughs> countries. We could just downplay our, you know, our redundant inventory. Of you know, it would have been a good idea, which we didn't do, and we'll give you the kit that you want. But um, 
<laughs> you know how all the Nike kits are exactly the same this year? Yeah. yeah. We could have just got a template and just like <laughs> taped bought, on a crap. Bought the flip bought the flag bought a little flag. Yeah, just like printed out on printer paper, just scotch tape over it. <laughs> we should have thought of that sooner, but now we already promised to give you a real kit. Yeah, we're uh, gonna give you a we're gonna give you a kit to make a kit. So we're gonna give you <laughs> a kit kit fabric a fabric, <laughs> uh, a piece of thread, a needle, a pair of scissors, and then a pattern. A fabric as? A fabric as. <laughs> well, that's in the title now. Um, I, oh, wait, I did want to check on you, because you said you also have Utsal. Do you have the same fears as me, or are you just not going to worry about it and know that he's good at football? No, I think that he's good enough at football. I, I, I don't fall into the same, oh, I can't own him, so I want to you know roll against him like you. No, no, that's that's not the reason. I just think Gutsas look better. Goetze looks good, but Goetze is up and down. He he's kind of like the uh, yeah, but with no Royce, he's going to get the minutes to even out. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think also I think also still gets his. All right, fair enough. Cool. All right. Well, then that is it for us. Uh, Rob, tell the folks where they can get you. Uh, you can always find me at rasball.com. I'm littered all over that site. I'm like the uh, homeless peddler of fruit of fantasy knowledge. There. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. Uh, you can find me on this podcast. And I think that's it because it's the it's kind of like mid off season for me. You know, I'm I'm writing for baseball, not really writing for American football yet. And this football is kind of non non existent because I don't write for it. Uh, but but yeah, I'm always around. You know, I'll give you my home phone number if you want to give me a call. We'll chill, <laughs> have a beer. He'll give you his uh, actual address so you can actually send him checks sometimes. Checks, checks, yeah. checks, rice checks. Because he doesn't believe in Venmo. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Kevroff. We also did an EPL roundtable show, um, looking over all the groups from a less fantasy perspective. So be sure to check that out. Those will be going up every Sunday throughout the tournament. Um, we'll have some pretty fantastic guests on there. We'll have Andrew Gibney back on to talk France and Steve McGookin to talk Northern Ireland. Um, so those will be up next weekend. This weekend we had, uh, Jay, uh, of the Eagles speak, Jake Jackman of EPL index and total Dutch football. And um, but um, dum dum Gitto, Huelen, um, from the Cromaldon Journal and the Jackass. So be sure to check that out and this out. Click them. You know what? You don't even need to keep listening to them. Just keep tapping them on your podcast app because I'm pretty sure that constitutes a hit. So feel free to keep doing that and making us feel super popular. And as always, tweet us and email us. It's so weird how much time we'd be willing to spend talking to you guys. And other than people attacking me for saying James Milner is the best cross of the ball for England, we're not really getting much. So feel free to hit us up, and we'll do our best to help you out. Um, at Kavroff, at Smokey underscore Loogie, at EPL Roundtable, or email us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, thanks so much, guys. Like I said, uh, we'll be recording Thursday, which means you'll have a brand-new spanking show Friday morning before the tournament starts. I'd like to thank Seifu, who usually has the EPL Roundtable, for introducing me to this weird Indonesian cantaloupe juice that pairs perfectly with rum. Crazy delicious. Um, and we will catch you later this week. Peace.